0: We are continuing our series, The Three R's of Finishing Strong, and if you missed last week, last week was all about the idea of rest, and if we're going to be honest, rest is not something that is encouraged in our society, rest is not something that is talked about a lot, and so if you missed it, I encourage you to go back and watch it, because this idea of rest is a big deal, not just for our sake, but God actually wants you to rest so badly, he made it one of the top ten commandments. He commands you to take a Sabbath. He commands you, and Jesus said that the Sabbath is not, man was not made for the Sabbath, but Sabbath was made for man. You are designed to work, you are designed to give your all, but you are not a machine, and you need rest. So if you missed last week, I encourage you to go back, check it out. Kick off this week, I have a question for you. Have you ever lost your train of thought mid-sentence? You're talking to somebody. I got a question I really need to ask. Uh, come back. Oh, I'm done. Everyone online, throw it in the comment section. If And uh, how regularly, maybe that's the question, how regularly do you lose your train of thought mid-sentence? I, I get... <laughs> I won't say who. I got a phone call the other day, and it was like, hey, how's it going? I got a question for you. Okay, what's up? I don't know. (laughs) It's gone. By the time between me dialing your number and you picking up, uh, the train got derailed. I have no idea what the question was, and I, if it's happening a lot, then we have, you know, we start asking questions about our mental health and memory loss, and you know, but we don't want to go there. We're just, We got lots on our plate, and it's easy for that train to get derailed every once in a while. So, um, but this is, the reason I start here is because if this morning's message is all about remember, then the challenge and part of this finishing strong is our ability to remember and memorize some really important things um, moving forward. And before we get too far, I want to lay out what I mean by that word remember. Because we in society have this understanding of what remember is, but the Bible actually teaches something very different. Well, not really different, because we can relate to this definition, but we need to keep it in the forefront of our brain when we think of this word remember. And this is what the Old Testament and New Testament means. In both the Old and New Testaments, the concept of memory is not limited to cognitive recall. It's not just a matter of, like, I remember something. Rather, remembering something implies acting in accordance with what is remembered. So it's not just recalling something, but it's acting in light of what you have recalled. And, oop, go back. This is not news to us. We can relate to this. All you married people, your anniversary If your spouse comes up to you and asks if you remembered your anniversary, you're like, yep, I recall it. And that's the extent of you remembering... What is, did you remember actually mean? Remember actually means that at some point throughout the day, you said happy anniversary or you got a card or did flowers or you have a plan for some big supper or whatever it is that you do as a couple. And I'm not trying to put pressure on married people to do anniversaries big and exciting, but simply recalling, an anniversary, simply recalling that it's your spouse's birthday without actually acting on it will not go well, typically. And so this is not not a new idea. The other big one is we just came out of Remembrance Day. Remembrance Day is not simply recalling that thousands upon thousands of soldiers went off to different wars to fight for our freedom, to fight for our country, and to fight for the freedom of others. Remembrance Day is actually a call and we don't have Remembrance Day because November comes along like, I really need a red accessory. We put on this poppy and we celebrate Remembrance Day because the encouragement is not to just recall the sacrifice but to live in light of the sacrifice. To actually live in honor of those who fought for our freedom, to, fought f- to fight so that we could have the country and the liberties and the things that we have Today, So you, Remembrance Day is embodiment of this. So anytime you read remember in scripture, it is not just saying recall, but it's calling us to act in light of it. So with that in mind, we're in Romans 15, if you got your Bible. Uh, I won't set up Romans 15, because there's we'll do that later. But Romans 15, starting in verse 1, this is what Paul says. We who are strong have an obligation to bear up the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Reproach is also the disgrace, the insults, the things that fell on you fell on me being Jesus For whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together with you, that together you may with one voice, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Therefore, welcome one another as Christ welcomed you for the glory of God. So Paul is writing, and they'll build up to chapter 15. In chapter 14, Paul is writing to those who are strong in faith and strong in conviction. He says, do not judge those who are weak in faith. Do not judge those who carry out their faith differently than you. Do not judge those who are are not as far along in your faith journey. Don't judge them. And do not, in light of the liberty that Christ has given you, and by liberty I mean freedom, the freedoms that come with our faith, do not exercise your freedoms in such a way that you cause somebody to stumble, that you cause somebody else in the faith to lose faith because of the actions that you have. So he's calling out to those that are strong, to those that have years of experience following Jesus, who have not only to have years of experience, because we know that just because you've been a Christian for a long time doesn't mean that you are strong in your Christianity, but he's calling those who have done the work, who have been faithful in developing and fostering this relationship, you who are strong, do not look down, do not hold back those who are weak, those who are not as far along as you. And this idea is not just, In the relation of faith and relationship but those who are strong emotionally do not look down on those who are having a tough time emotionally those of you who are in a strong mental state do not look down on those who are not in a strong mental state who may be struggling right now who may be going through a tough time you who are in a good spot do not look down and judge those who are not in a good spot. But in fact, he starts off by saying, you who are strong, come alongside those who are weak. You who are strong, bear up those who are struggling right now. Bear their burden. Be their source of encouragement. Be their source of build up, and maybe you can actually lift them out and get them to a spot where they are strong. Maybe you could be the one that God uses to turn everything around and get them back to a spot where they are not weighed down, they're not heavy burdened, they're not discouraged by the things of life. Maybe you who are strong can be used to build up the weak. And the reason that, the question, Question number two is, when was the last time Christ inspired you to do something? The reason I ask that is because when he is addressing the strong and he's saying you should be building up, you should be encouraging your neighbor, you should be, why? Because this is what Christ did. When it comes to faith, Christ is the strongest one. Christ is the one who lived the perfect life. Christ is the ultimate example of what it means to be a God follower, a faithful church tender a faithful christian embodied in who christ is so you who are strong should act this way because this is what christ did so when you remember the life that christ lived and the example that he set for you when was the last time christ the life that christ lived and the teachings that he laid out for us inspired you to do something and maybe not just to do something but something out of your comfort zone Something that you were like, ah, I should really do that, but I really don't want to, but Jesus did it, so maybe I should. When was the last time? And it got really quiet all of a sudden. When was the last time the life of Christ or the teachings of Christ inspired you to do something? Because this is the whole basis of Romans 15:1 to 7. You who are strong, do this for Anytime you read the word for, Paul or any of the authors are about to give the reason for you to act this way. So strong, encourage the weak. Faithful, encourage the neighbor for. This is what Christ would have done. This is what Christ, this is how Christ lived. This is the example that Christ set for you. So how are you, not just as Christ followers, but Paul says that we are to be imitators of Christ. So how are you imitating Christ? What is, how is that imitation taking you to a spot that maybe you wouldn't naturally go? Your personality or your comfort doesn't allow for you. But when was the last time you were inspired? You know what, despite the fact that I'm really not going to enjoy this, I'm going to do it because Christ would have done it. Which brings us back to the passage. And I think in these short seven verses, there are five things for us. And the question is, how in the world, because we're talking about finishing strong, we're talking about how do we get to the finish line. So how is a passage addressed to the strong, those who seem to have it all together, going to help us when we are feeling weak? Well actually there's five things for us when we are down and feeling out and needing some extra encouragement. There's a couple things we can draw out of this passage for us to remember that all too often when the pressure's on and the stress is high and we just are not in a good mental state, we very quickly forget. The first one is you are not alone. Verses 1 and 2, you who are strong, encourage the weak. So if you, are in, if you are not in a good space right now, you need to remember that Christ has given you a body of believers, a family of faith that is here to support you and to build you up and to carry you when you can't carry yourself. And it's really easy when we're in a good spot to help those who need help, but, it's all, but when the tables are turned and we're not in a good spot anymore, it's really hard to ask for help. It's really hard to come to the body and say, I really need prayer, or I need help in this area. Or It's easy being the one giving the help. It's not always easy being the one to receive it. And this is the lie that the devil says. Well, whatever you're going through, you're on your own. Nobody's ever gone through this. This is embarrassing. This is, you don't tell anybody. You just stop tough it out, struggle on your own, and never let anyone in. No, 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 no. When you are struggling, when you are down and out, this is when the body of Christ is supposed to show its true colors and be your support. That you call out to those who are strong and say, I really need help. And often it is requires us to swallow our pride, Often it requires us to humble ourselves just a little bit and these are all hard things to do but when you need help the most, don't go through it alone. Just like as your immediate family would bend over backwards for you, your family of faith, your church should do the exact same. You are not alone. You have a great witness of believers who are going to support you. Number two, Jesus suffered so that you wouldn't have to. Hebrews tells us that there is no struggle, there's no temptation, there's nothing we could go through that Jesus did not go through first. And this is what sets Jesus apart from every other God, from every other religion, because every other God and religion is up in heaven, and they've never been through what we've been through, but Jesus has. Jesus has God, become flesh, lived this life, experienced every temptation, every down, every pain, every... You cannot go through something that Jesus didn't go through. Look out, there's a spit area, apparently. That was gross. Um, Leo Theo. Um, There's nothing. There's nothing that Jesus can't relate to you. There's nothing that Jesus can't carry you through. And so along with not being alone because of the people God has put in your life, you are not alone because Jesus is there with you through it all. He understands it all. And so you can go to him Bear it all and say, Jesus, I'm in a really tough spot right now. Because not only has Jesus been through it all, Jesus has conquered it all. And Jesus is going to help you through it all. Jesus, how do I get through this? By his stripes we are healed. The reproach, the disgrace the insults that people throw at you. Jesus loves you so much that anything that happens to you, he takes personally. That's what it means when the reproach that fell on you is now on me. He takes all of it personally. He fights for you, like the song said. The battle is because of who Jesus is, not because of who you are. You are not alone. Jesus suffered so that you wouldn't have to Number three, uh, everyone's favorite one, memorize scripture. I'm not in Sunday school anymore. Hmm. Paul said that the scriptures and everything that is written has been written for your endurance. James says that trials and temptations, hard times come so that your character, so that your endurance would be built and when endurance is taken full effect, your character is built and your faith is built and you are stronger. You are, can be stronger after a hard time. After a hard time of struggle, after a time of trial, You, are, God can actually use that to make you stronger, to help you serve others better, but we don't see that in the midst of the struggle. And so Paul says, remember the scriptures, because these are written for your endurance, to help you get through the hard time, to give you the strength when you need it the most, but these are written for your encouragement as well, to build you up, to give you the joy and the love and the peace of God. And we just, when we're in this space, all too often we are not recalling the promises that God has written to us. And God has written so many amazing things. I have a plan for you, not for your destruction, but for your good. I just quoted a bunch Jesus, by his stripes, you are healed. We don't make kids memorize scripture because it's a good thing for kids to do, but then when you get an adult, you get a free pass. We develop that that habit at kids because we're hoping that if we develop it now, it'll carry through to adulthood, and instead of one verse at a time, you're memorizing a chapter at a time. Or a passage at a time. Or just to be something really crazy, maybe a whole book. (laughs) But this is everything that God has written. Everything that the gospel writers and the scripture writers wrote is for your encouragement to build you up, to pick you up out of the muck. And we we don't memorize. We don't memorize scripture like we're supposed to. We don't. Moses wrote in Deuteronomy that when you walk and when you sit and when you lay down and when you eat your meals, you should be meditating and talking about Scripture. When was the last time you sat down for lunch and talked about God's Word with your family? When was the last time you were on a road trip with your kids or with your wife and all you did was talk about Scripture? It's been a long time for me. I'll be honest. But what if we did? What if God's word was so at the forefront that it's all we talked about and it's all we meditated on, it's all we dwelt on. We so often dwell on all the wrong things and we wonder why we're grumpy and tired and miserable and depressed. Maybe we'd start dwelling on good things and start dwelling on God's word. We'd actually be in a better mental state to approach the challenges that life throws our way. Because the scriptures are not meant to hold you down. They are meant for your good. Paul says not only is the scripture for your endurance and for your encouragement, but the God that we serve is the God of endurance. And our God is the God of encouragement. Paul writes in Corinthians that when we are weak, when we are at our lowest, that is when God is at his strongest in our life. When we are at our lowest, that's when we need God's strength the most, and that's when it becomes the most evident. Our encouragement and our endurance does not come from any other source, but from God alone. And he wants to. Isaiah says that, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. When we're down and out, this is what we need. We need our strength renewed. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on the wings of eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. It means that when you are at that point where you just can't take another step, God is the one who enables you to take another step. When you can't go another mile, God is the one who gives you the strength and the ability to go too. But again, we so often in our times of struggle, in our sh- times of down and depression or whatever it is that we're going through, it's like, well, I can do this. I just, I just need to muster up more strength. I just, need to, I just need to push a little bit harder. No, you don't. You actually need to rest. Let God be God. Let God's strength be your strength. Let God's encouragement be your encouragement. Because it is not by your strength that you don't grow faint. It's not by Your strength that you don't grow weary. It's by God's strength. It's by God's Spirit that dwells within you for every believer that gives you the strength to take one more step, that gives you the strength to run one more mile. And it is God's strength that lets you do fill in the blank. And the fifth thing you are not alone. Wait a second, didn't that one come up already? Well, Paul felt it was important enough to say it twice, so maybe it's important enough for us to come back to it again. Paul closes this passage by saying that you are to be unified in Christ, that you are to praise him with one voice, that you are to mount up as one body, as one people, you are not alone this is the one that we forget all the time this is the one that we avoid all the time so maybe if we say it twice it'll get stuck in there so why it's five things because we need to say it twice you are not alone And all too often we read that thing about unity and harmony. And when we're down and out, we're just like, well, if I just remove myself, the harmony gets better. No, that is not how God's system works. When you're down and out, you actually get pulled into it so that you can take in the life of Christ. You can take in the spirit of God that dwells within everyone around you. You take in, you are part of the harmony, even when you don't think you are. You are part of the strength when you feel weak. You are part of the unity, even when you're down and out. Because Paul says, when one part hurts, we all hurt. So if you are hurting, allow us to hurt with you. Because in the same way, when you celebrate, we want everyone to celebrate with us. So why not, when we hurt, why not allow God's body to hurt with you? I don't want to drag anybody down. No, it's not dragging you down. It's picking you up. You are not alone. So what does this have to do with remembering? Because we go back to where we started. Remembering is not just recalling that you're not alone. It's not just recalling that Jesus is with you. It's not just recalling the scripture that God has written for you. It's not just recalling that God is our strength and our endurance and our encouragement, but it is acting in accordance with what we are remembering. So we remember scripture. We remember that God has called us, is good plans for us. So we live like God's got good plans for us. We remember that we're not alone, so we live like we're not alone. We remember that Jesus is with us and he's experienced everything that we could ever experience, so we live like Jesus is going through it with us. It's not just recall. It's not just the ability of your brain to remember facts, but it's actually the the ability for your heart to spur you on to action. Remember. You're not alone and live accordingly. Remember that Jesus suffered so you wouldn't have to. So live accordingly. Remember the good things that God has written in his word and his scripture and live according to the good things you have written, read and memorized. Remember that God is your strength. God is your encouragement. God is the one who gives you the endurance. And live accordingly. And number five again, remember you are not alone, but you're actually part of the harmony. You're part of the unity. And you do not drag the body down. The body builds you up. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your good and perfect plan, God. I thank you that your your word, really does have something for every stage of life, for everything that we could ever go through. God, that your truth really is all-encompassing. And God, I pray for those, for anyone here who's trying to finish strong, but feels like the tank is dry and feels like they just can't take another step. I pray, God, that they would remember that they're not running their race alone that you are there, that your body of believers is there, that we are a family of prayer and encouragement and endurance, and that we will fight to the end. Father, I pray that we just remember and we live in accordance with what we are remembering. God, we thank you for your truths. And God, I pray for everyone that is here, whether it's here or Redverse or online, who is not struggling right now. And I pray, God, that you would put someone on their heart. Someone to reach out to. Or if there's somebody they know who they need to reach out to, then God, give them the wisdom to help pick them up. Because we may have our ideas, but you know exactly what that person needs. You know exactly how, what we need to say or what we need to do or how we can best help. Spirit of God, fill our hearts. Help us to be the body that you called us to be, to build one another up, to walk in unity, to walk in harmony, that you would be glorified in our community, that you would be glorified in our families, that by the harmony and the unity and the strength found in the body, we would not just finish the race, but we would finish strong. pray this in your mighty name, Lord Jesus. Amen.